Can't stand it. Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker eight ten go. The Eggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stopped him. Open three. The high schools. Also's gonna take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. I beg your pardon? It's the full court press with Eric Franson and AJ Selvison. Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is, AJ, you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It's been a while since we did a game after an Aggie basketball win. Eric Franson, Ajay Salson here on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. we did a game after an Aggie basketball win? we did a show after an Aggie basketball win. Okay, that makes more sense. Well, it is been a while since we've had a game after an Aggie win, too. (laughs) That's that's true. That's not entirely false, either. lose a bunch in a row. (laughs) Welcome to the Full Court Press. Sorry, we're starting just a tad bit late. That's on us. We apologize. We're a little bit late getting in here, but we're here nonetheless. 435-339-0321 Four three five three three nine zero three two one. A text into our Gill Mortgage text line again. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. A text in to our Gill Mortgage text line. Love to hear from our listeners, Aggie Nation. What did you think about last night's game? Final score from the Spectrum: Utah State seventy five fifty seven erases a f- uh, four game losing streak, uh, avoids a five game losing streak for the f- um, which would have been the first since sixteen seventeen season. Which you know who the head coach was Tim Durier. What do you know? Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll uh, get into numbers, stats, players, thoughts, questions, concerns, positive notes, all that and more here on the Full Court Press. Again, Eric France and I'm Ajay Salveson. Good afternoon, and everybody, here on a Thursday. Did, I know we were focused on a lot of sportsing, and normally that's what we talk about on this show, but oh boy, I, I am just curious if anybody did go to the oh Plain White gosh. Tees concert. <laughs> Hey, did you if see? If it was any good, did you? Uh, I, I hope it wasn't. Did you? See, <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you hope my they kids, sucked. You know what? It was yeah, bad. You, you hope it was anything. horrible. It was better that you were working. I heard it was really good. Actually, I heard it was a blast. Uh, I had a, uh, a couple of friends who ended up getting tickets and going, and they and they were like in the very back, and they said it was awesome. They said like the crowd was singing almost every song. They had a little bit like the, the Hey There Delilah part. I guess they had, like, uh, the crowd sing a chorus of it, and, yeah, I heard it was a blast. So, uh, good for you, Eric. You made your kids either come to work or go to a jazz game and watch them get their butts kicked. Good for uh, you, Eric. They didn't Eric. get their butts kicked. They competed. They lost. It doesn't matter. For three of the four quarters, they competed. <laughs> starting to look like... They didn't uh, show up in the first quarter. <laughs> 5879, text in, or text on again if you want to be a part of the show. 435-339-0321, text in. Love to hear from you, our listeners. Without Ashworth's threes, we would have lost again. Ashworth was really good from deep. He was 5 of 10 for 15, or excuse me, in 37 minutes. He had 17 points, 5 dimes, uh, 2 turnovers, but yet 2 steals. Um, really, really good night for Steven Ashworth. He was a Great plus 15. Plus 15 on the day uh, for Ashworth. Uh, he looked really good. I, I, I thought that Idle Rock was good. Bean was Justin Bean as... You're almost expecting it every time he's on the court. And really, he came alive more in the second half. Um, I mean, they Mensa got into some foul trouble and had to sit 
some extended periods of time, especially in that second half. And then I thought the Aggies, uh, going back over some things today, uh, it looked like they were doing a better job of attacking the paint, attacking the rim. This was a San Diego State team with a lot of length. We talked about how big this team was, but the Aggies didn't let that phase them. Five, six, three, four. If the Aggies keep playing like they did last night, they will be tough to beat in the Mountain West Tournament. I might politely say if they keep playing like they've been playing for the last three weeks, they still might be a tough team to beat. Like, look, they gave Boise State everything they could handle, and Shaver hits a tough straightaway three to beat them. Uh, yet Fresno State get out of there with a win. I mean, they've been in almost every game. It's just closing the door and, and sealing it shut, and they were able to do that last night with an 18-point win, or excuse me, yeah, an 18-point win over the Aztecs. And, and I was going back through today, uh, the took a look at the NCAA net rankings. Utah State jumped up, as we might suspect. They had a nice movement uh, in the uh, in in those rankings. They moved up from 71 up to 62. Um, San Diego State fell a few spots. But when I was looking at it, I was noticing all these other Mountain West teams in that top 65. Like, that's quite a few. Like, what other conferences are comparable? So I... I spent some time there in the net and looked at it. And by conference, how many schools do they have in the top 65 in the net rankings? And uh, the Big 12 has nine. <laughs> they've got a bunch. Wow. The SEC has nine. Uh, the Big 10, they've got eight. Mountain West Conference has six. The Big East has six. The Pac-12 only has five. The West Coast Conference only has four. So Utah State has been playing against some really good teams, and they've been really competitive in these games. So it was good to see them um, kind of rally after their their lead was evaporating, and it was fun listening. I was able to listen to the postgame on the way home and hear Brandon Horvath and Coach Odom um, just talking about how when that lead was evaporating – Coach Odom called that timeout, and on the sidelines, they're like, we're not going to let this get away from us. Like They buckled down and did what they need to do and then pulled away after that. So it was fun to see what that team was able to do and not let that lead slip away like we've seen it in a couple of these other games. Again, 75-57 is your final score inside the spectrum. These two teams will meet on February 15th where the Aggies, or excuse me, where the Aztecs supposedly Will not forget, according to Chad, uh, what's his last name, Mazra Baker, Baker Mazra, who was so upset that the Aggies left their stars in during an, uh, a 16-point lead, which turned into an 18-point win. Uh, he was not happy about the starters playing late into the game. But, by the way, uh, the uh, Matt Bradley kid didn't check out until like three minutes left in the game, so I'm not sure what they're what they're all angry about, but you know how San Diego will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, go through the numbers really quickly here. Actually, we, no, excuse me. we got a couple texts. Let's get to these. Uh, 3862 text in. Hallelujah. The win last night was awesome. Aggies finally shot better and put 40 minutes together. I have no idea. That San Diego State team beat Colorado State like they did. They really only have one offensive threat. Here's the thing. is They're really bad defensively. They're good offensively. They're bad defensively, though. Utah State? No, San Diego State. They're bad defensively? I don't think they're a good team defensively. They're a top three team in the country defensively. Dude, How I do you call them a bad defensive team. Because here's the thing is that they couldn't stop what the Aggies were running. 
If anything, it was the Aggies stopping themselves from being allowed to, I mean, run their plays. Run their Now, granted, they did kind of get into the grill of uh, Ashworth, got a little physical. Uh, supposedly, the Aggies were flopping about 15 times. I don't know if that's, by the way, and some of those calls were just horrible, but that's what you get when you get Randy McCall in the court. Um, but I, I don't think they're that good defensively. I mean, we were getting open looks. We missed a few, too. Like, this could have been a 22-point, 25-point win if they hit a few open looks. Well, Utah State was – we've had so many nights where we've talked about the Aggies from the outside, uh, you know, 5%, 6%, 21%, just not good shooting from beyond the arc. Last night they were 10 of 24, like almost 42% from outside. And, of course, Ashworth was a huge part of that. Yeah. But uh, it was good to see that uh, that lid finally come off the top of the the hoop and actually see the ball go through. And um, like I said the other night, I think this team just needed a bit of a mental break as much yeah. as a physical break. Six days off helps from huh? the grind and just kind of rediscover themselves and just get back into it. Uh, they were better at the line at the free throw line, only three misses. Um, so. Yeah, just an overall nice performance. I thought they did a really good job of staying out of foul trouble, considering the San Diego State can be kind of an aggressive physical team. So, uh, really, and they are aggressive, really, by the way. Last night, they you saw the aggressiveness. Well, and I just really, really well coached game plan from Coach yeah. Odom. Yeah, it was well done. Three eight six two. They're really good defensively, but they didn't play hard at all last night. I think they thought they had an easy win against the Aggies. They might have Maybe. had that thought. I mean, it was their Maybe. third game in five nights, too. They could have overlooked the Aggies a little bit. Um, there might have been a little fatigue that set it in. But, dude, do you know what? I can't stand that Matt Bradley, dude. He's a great athlete. Really, really good ball player. He had uh, he was 8-12 from the field. He had 19 points. Uh, he had six boards, and he was a plus one in 31 minutes. But he doesn't shut up. Dude, him and Odom were having a conversation. And at a break, the ref had to pull Bradley aside and say, dude, you need to shut your mouth. And I think it's because supposedly what it may have happened is that um, Odom was talking to one of his players and said, hey, Bradley can't guard you. And Bradley heard it and had a little chat with him. And this is during the middle of the play. And he's having a conversation with him. And the ref's telling Bradley, shut up and just play. Uh, yeah, so that was a, uh, <laughs> dude, they, <laughs> there's some emotion in this game. It was a great game. I thought the atmosphere was wonderful. I thought the students showed up and showed well. Um, it was loud. It was, it was fun. It was an, there was an intense environment to it in the, uh, in a rematch of the last three Mountain West Conference tournament championship games. Uh, good to see the Aggies get on the right side of the scoreboard for one. So as you mentioned, two and five now in conference play. So, like I said, I, I, Went to the Jazz game last night. We'll talk about that later. And you but just love telling people that, don't I, you? No, but I just in the framework that I didn't really get to see it live. I've seen some clips and I've tried to do what I can to figure out how the game played out. But um, I, I wanted to ask you about a few specific players, okay? And and what they did last night, what you observed, okay? And listeners, this goes to you too. Yes, this is open for anybody listening to the sound of my voice. Um, Shulga has had some struggles of late. But it looked like he had a solid game for Utah State, shooting the ball and being in the offense, 
and being a part of what Coach Odom was asking. Just what what did you see out of Shulga coming off the bench for USU? In control. Didn't make dumb mistakes. Didn't try to force anything that wasn't there. Honestly, he, and that sounds cliche, but he was 3-3 three, three from the field with eight points, 2-2 two, two from deep in 19 or yeah, in 19 minutes. Uh, he had three assists. I mean, it was just it was smart. Like he didn't he didn't try to overdo anything and 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 the best part is and I think this goes for a lot of the guys last night, Eric. If they had a good look, they tried to find a better look. I can't tell you how many times they passed up a three and instead just got it, on a, uh, got it to a guy who was backdoor cutting, whether it was along the baseline, whether it was going into the lane. It was just, I'm going to give up this three-point look to get us a better look inside. And it worked almost every single time. And I think that's how uh, both of Max's assists, two of the three of uh, Max's assists came through, is he had an open look at a three, Passed it up, gave it inside to Horvath. I think he found Bean on a cut for a layup as well. Uh, I thought Max was well under control, which was good to see last night. Yeah, it's it's really good to have that option coming off the bench, especially with Ashworth and Bearstow filling in, playing starter minutes and starter roles, to still have somebody off the bench who can do that and help out. Um, he didn't play as many minutes, but we were wondering about Z Hamoda and what kind of a role he might have in the game or if if he's being used enough. Five minutes for Z. Uh, he did have an assist, but w- he, he attempted a three-pointer. But what did what did you see out of Z? Uh, we thought that this would be a tough matchup for him to get many minutes. So, honestly, I'm a little surprised that he, he even got five. Yeah, he came out. Uh, I, when he wants to get in the lane, he can almost at any point. That's how athletic he is. He had one point where he uh, he caught the ball in the three-point stance, faced up his man, took a jab, stepped to the right, and then went to the lane and had his man beat. Instead of going up with it, he threw a nice bounce past to Horvath for a layup. I don't know. If, I can't remember if Horvath made it or not. Uh, he might have. That might have been his lone assist. Nope, just kidding. He didn't have an No, he did have one assist. So that might have been it. But he's got such a great first step. I want to see him be more aggressive getting to the lane. I want to see him take over sometime. Just, you know what? I've got a matchup that favors me. I want to take it there. Uh, you didn't see a lot from Hamoda. I mean, it was it was pretty quiet on his end. But I, I think when he gets comfortable and he finds his role uh, where he can be a scorer at the right points and just pick and choose, he's going to be really, really special. Well, it's good to get him minutes like this. Yes, right? in a game like that. Get him by the minutes. Way. Get him time against a good opponent, um, and, and just continue to get his feet underneath him about what it takes to play at this level. Uh, so it just he's the Aggies don't really rely on Z right now, but so this is good training for him to be prepared yeah. and ready for when they do need when to they rely do need, on, and him. they and maybe at some point they will. Yeah. Hey, by the way, uh, five four five two. Eric texted in. Hey, um, and this is a great question. I didn't know this. Did you happen to go to the Jazz game last night? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to add some context to my question. I guess I shouldn't. I should just ask the question. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, Bearstow, another double digit night for him, and just he seems to be playing with a lot more confidence and purpose. And uh, in more control, only one turnover from from Bearstow. Um, and I, I love seeing his development. In Brock Miller's not available, and that's that's too bad. But 
Barstow filling that role and taking those minutes, I think has been a real silver lining to having uh, having Brock Miller out and just seeing Barstow finally feel like he has a purpose and a role and, and then putting his arms around that and taking ownership with it. Barstow, the great thing about him last night, because I mean, you kind of wonder how it would go. But like I said, and those who attended the game can uh, let me know if, I, if I'm right or wrong on this, but I have not seen that physical of a perimeter defense all season long. I mean, they are up in your biz. Uh, and I thought Sean handled it so well. Stayed calm, stayed cool, stayed collective. Uh, he, had, he ran point of the offense, I think, a couple of times, uh, and he handled it extremely well. I, I was really impressed with Barristow. Um, he did go 2-2 two two at the line. He was 4-7 from the field. He had a jumper at the end. I think that pretty much capped off the scoring. Uh, but was able to get to the lane. And, and the great thing about it is he's not afraid of the contact when going to the lane. Like some guys will try to maneuver their body around the contact. He doesn't care. He'll go to the lane. The one thing I'm still worried about Barristow, and maybe I'm off on this, but his defensive ability, like his IQ defensively, I still feel like he gets lost sometimes and he might lose his guy. Otherwise, I think offensively, he's got it. He's got every bit of it that you want to see. Yeah, I, I like I, I like watching him develop and grow and, and improve before our eyes. Because this was a guy that earlier on, he was prone to making mistakes, a lot of unforced errors. And he looked like he had some ability, but just always seemed to shoot himself in the foot and take himself out of the game because of his own mistakes. And so uh, you could tell that this guy's confidence was just shook and wondered if he, sh- he would even stay here at Utah State but then to see him work at it work through injury and then coach Odom and that staff believing in him and giving him opportunities it's been fun to watch him grow and and uh, play a really significant part in what Utah State's trying to do yeah he was phenomenal last night and again like you said he's growing Almost by fire right now. Like, you saw a little bit in his freshman year where he was kind of getting going, then he got that injury, and then the next year it was just mentally, I, I feel like he was just out of it. But this year you saw you see a refocus in him, and, boy, he is playing top-notch basketball. So it's uh, it's good to see Bear still starting to come alive and, and replace the Brock Miller. And for those who are wondering about Brock, I would say, um, I know you're hoping for February. I would plan on later than that. And then, by the way, speaking of Ryland, my sources tell me that uh, – you will not see Rowland this Saturday night. Ugh. So uh, yeah, next, those concussions can. Uh, I would I'd take plan, a while to yeah, come back. My sources from. tell me uh, next week you'll see him on the court. It's too bad. Being well, let me ask it this way, Coach Odom. We heard from him yesterday, saying that we we seem to be force feeding Bean a little too much. We need to change what we're doing so it's more comfortable with what he's at his best. And let that uh, the offense is just kind of flowing, and he's there, kind of reacting and, and being a part of the overall stuff instead of just force feeding it to him to do something in the low post. Was how did that translate? Seemed like he struggled a little bit in the first half, but he really came alive in the second half. If he wasn't shooting the ball, uh, he was finding his teammates. And he did another great job on the boards, too. Yeah, he kind of forced it in the first half. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, there's like, there a couple times where, you know, he got the double. He would try to split that double, you know, put his shoulder down and try and get a layup off of that or draw a foul. And it wasn't coming to him. And and so you got to let the offense come to you at, at some time and just kind of just take a breath and settle down. 
Uh, and I and I feel like in the second half he did that. I thought Bean was phenomenal. And you know we talked about Max passing up good shots for better shots. Bean had an open look for a three, passed it up, uh, and found uh, not Horvath. I might have been Idle Rock cutting through the lane uh, on a bounce pass and got it to him. And then Idle Rock was uh, able to convert a layup. Bean is oh, <laughs> Bean put a lot of pressure on himself going into the year. I feel like right because yeah, Sam Merrill that. Two years ago, when he was kind of able to carry the team offensively, Namiyash carried the team last year. So Bean's like, all right, well, do I need to be that guy? Um, and and when you lose four straight, it's tough mentally and emotionally as the leader of the team because he is the leader of the team thinking, man, like, what do we do? we got to fix this. Uh, but I thought last night in the first half, like I said, I thought San Diego State did a great job in the first half on him. They sent a double multiple times from the weak side. And it forced Bean into an uncomfortable position where he had to get rid of it. But he was just finding a guy to get open. Um, and luckily, his teammates did a great job of helping him out in the first half. The second half, everything just came to him. And he just kind of took a deep breath. Uh, and and he, I don't know what the Aztecs were doing, but I felt like they laid off the double and they started playing them like just ISO. And I was like, what are you doing? Hmm. And Bean just saw it and, and Coach Odom saw it. And he just called his number time after time. Like, if you're not going to double him, Bean's going to go to work on you, and he did it. And uh, I, I thought Bean was really good in the end. 13 points, 4 of 11 from the field, 1 of 3 from deep. 4 of 4 at the line, 13 boards, <laughs> 5 assists. He was a plus 26 in 37 minutes, and he got one weld of an eye now, uh, thanks to Bearstow on friendly fire last night. So Oh, yeah, they bumped heads. Yeah, it, well, yeah, like, like Bearstow's mouth hit his head, and like as soon as he hit it, like, Bean kind of, like, stopped, bent down, like, put his hands on his knees, and as soon as he, like, stood up, you saw that thing swelling up already, just immediately. And I was like, good gosh. And so I saw him after the game, and he, you know, he gives me a high five, shakes my hand, and we say hello for a bit. And I'm like, dude, like, does that hurt? And he hear him go, Adrian! I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> but, uh, no, I thought he played a whale of a ball game last night. And, again, I look, these guys have been through so much, but if there's anyone that's taken it hard – on this team, it's Justin Bean. And uh, I thought he took things in control last night uh, in the second half especially. So he had a great game. Um, I, I do want to point out one thing, and it will not be talked about enough. Trevin freaking Dorius mm. was out of his mind last night. Dude, like that guy was playing like his scholarship was on the line. Like, I mean, he's fighting. Like Mensa is not a fun dude to play against. And Dorius made it fun. Like, he was willing to wrap up with him. Uh, I think we had a couple tie jump balls. Uh, and then the my favorite one is when he gets he gets great position, seals off his man, catches the ball at the right, turns to the right, and then throws it down. I was like, where in the world has that been the last two years, bro? Uh, it was Dorius came out, and I thought it was really, really good. He had eight points on three or four shooting. He had four boards. Uh, no assists and no turnovers, but he did have one really good block and a steal as well uh, in 17 minutes of basketball. Trevin Dorius was so, so good last night. And that's what the Aggies need, especially if you're going up against a team with length. There are a number of those in this conference. To be able to have that off the bench and to provide just a, another look that Utah State can throw at, uh, at some of these teams, such a huge asset when you can throw them in there and and feel comfortable with him being on the floor yeah. and not just like biting all your fingernails off every second he's lumbering up and down the, the court. 
Uh, he's really, I think, improved the last couple of games and played more significant role and more solid play off the bench for USU. Final score, 75-57. Aggies improved to 2-5 and five in conference play. Uh, they now get ready to head to Reno, Nevada, take on the Nevada Wolfpack on Saturday evening. Uh, I think it's 7 o'clock our time, if I'm not mistaken. Is it 9 o'clock our time? I can't remember. Uh, let's see. So Utah State and Nevada, uh, it'll be 8 o'clock our time okay. on CBS Sports Network. So uh, 7 o'clock pregame with Al Lewis, Jalen Moore, postgame immediately falling after with John And Russell Nevada just and lost 77-66 to 66 to Colorado State. Yeah. Yeah, they gave Colorado State a run for the money, too. I mean, it says they lost by 11, but they gave him a battle. So, again, uh, you know, and maybe this win helps kind of boost him in with, in with confidence. Then next week you got uh, a revenge game with Air Force. You get San Jose State in a makeup game, and then UNLV inside your house. It's a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday split. We'll be giving away tickets uh, throughout the week to those games, so you guys can go out there and, and uh, watch the uh, Aggies. So uh, stay tuned for that next week throughout the week. Uh, to uh, get a chance to win a pair of tickets to watch the Aggies play. All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, you're going to hear from Ashworth, and you're going to hear from Horvath in some audio post game. Uh, you'll hear a little bit from Coach Odom as well. Get his thoughts as the Aggies get a big win over San Diego State. More thoughts from us and more thoughts from you as well. Text into our Gale Mortgage text line at 435-339-0321. You're listening to the Full Court Press. Express your love for her this Valentine's Day by presenting a piece of diamond jewelry from Essie Needham Jewelers. Diamond jewelry makes a woman feel cherished. A pair of beautiful diamond earrings will add to the sparkle in her eyes. Adorned in diamond earrings, she will feel elegant and appreciated. Choose from a large selection of quality diamond earrings, all specially priced for Valentine's Day. Remember, diamonds from Essie Needham's will be noticed from across the room and everyone will know she's yours. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. West Point Dairy Products at Hiram is hiring. West Point Dairy Products has been manufacturing high-quality butter for over 25 years in Cache Valley. They're currently expanding and want you on their growing team. West Point Dairy Products offers competitive wages for entry-level positions starting at $18 per hour, full benefit packages, double time on Sundays, a $2,000 sign-on bonus, and tremendous opportunities for growth. For immediate consideration, call Express Employment Professionals at 435-213-9595. Don't know about you, but I adore my dog, Winston. However, I don't adore the occasional accident. This is Dow with ChemDry of Northern Utah. With ChemDry's specially formulated pet urine removal treatment, we'll help take care of those unsightly pet stains and odors. Even severely damaged carpets can be saved with ChemDry's revolutionary methods. Pets are part of the family too, so until we can learn to potty train them, calling us is the next best option. ChemDry of Northern Utah's pet urine removal treatment. It's USU Hockey Game Time at the Eccles Ice Center, 7 o'clock sharp tonight. Colorado State arrives in town to invade Aggie home ice. Make sure they know this is the Aggie's house. And you know what? You can avoid the lines. Get your tickets early at usu.edu slash hockey. That's usu.edu slash hockey. And day of at the Eccles Ice Center. USU Hockey takes on Colorado State tonight, 7 p.m. Do you have your tickets? 
Mountainland RV presents the second annual Cache Valley RV Show on February 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Cache County Fairgrounds Event Center. Travel trailers, fifth wheels, toy haulers, new and used will be available to tour inside the event center with special financing available and tons of free prize giveaways. Mountainland RV will present brands like Keystone Hideout, Primetime Avenger, Bullet Sprinter, and Cherokee Wolfpack toy haulers. Don't miss the biggest outdoor show Cache Valley's ever seen. Mountainland RV's second annual Cache Valley RV Show February 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Cache County Fairgrounds Event Center. Sunday, it's the championship round of the NFL playoffs as we bring you a special doubleheader. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs host Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the AFC title game. Then, two division rivals battle each other for the NFC championship when the Rams take on the 49ers. Who will advance to Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles? Hear the playoff picture unfold right here. Pre-game begins at noon, Sunday on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric France and Ajay Salson here on the Full Court Press. 2417 text in. It's so nice to hear Ajay say something nice about someone who that he'll be bagging on next week. Doris has been a target so many times of Ajay's wrath. Okay, look, I'm not the only one who is bagging on Doris. 2417, you know that. I'm not the only one who's given Doris a little bit of grief. A little bit of grief? Oh, Eric, stop it. You haven't given Doris any grief? Not much. You've okay. given him a lot more. You've taken care of it for both of us. <laughs> 3935. Nice to see a little bit of better play from Dorius. Okay, see? I'm not the only one. Thank you, 3935. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Dorius played great. I thought Dorius was phenomenal last night. That was big boy basketball, and he responded every bit to it. I, I thought Dorius was so... So good. Right. Last great approach huge. to a big team, lengthy team, uh, with one guy who's a great shooter. Uh, great game plan for Coach Odom. We'll get to some totals on the numbers of last night's win for the Aggies against 75-57 was the score. Uh, let's first hear from a couple of players. We'll start with Brendan Horvath, who spoke to the media post game after the Aggies win at 75-57. Maybe. Okay. This is great. I'm really glad you previewed this Graduate to get ready for a broadcast. Thank you, Oh, man. Just uh, feels really good to, you know, get out that losing streak, especially, like, how we were losing. Just really close games to really good teams. We were in practice every day just saying we're right there. And we just, you know, kept pushing, kept working. You know, and it feels really good to beat a really good team because we played pretty much all the really good teams in the conference, you know, really close. So... Feels good to finally get over that hump, and uh, just got to build off that. How big was it to get Mendelssohn in foul trouble? I mean, he was yeah. early. Like every time he got out there, he mm-hmm. was breaking the flow. Yeah, that was huge. I mean, talked about it all week. Such a good defender, such a good rim protector. You know, we were just working on pump fakes and getting up, up in the air and jumping into him, and you know, it was a big, <clears throat> big part of the game for sure. Obviously, when you guys shoot the ball from the perimeter too, that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. It's been kind of a struggle in conference, but. I yep. really yeah, for sure. We just you know how to get back to you know Aggie basketball we were playing before. So just keep passing, keep shooting. Eventually they're gonna fall. You know, just go through a little slump. Just keep working on it. 
when Ashworth went off the way he did early on, and that obviously helped him. You know, got a lot of that from the perimeter, mm -hmm. obviously. Yep. Right on out and all these other things. Yeah, they're such a tough team to drive on. They got a lot of good defenders, so you know we had, you know, we we knew we had to shoot well from the outside to, to beat them. So it was a good start from Steve. Great. Something that San Diego State always does for me is I watch as they establish the pace and they turn into a rock fight. You guys kind of dictated mm -hmm. the pace and got out and run into them. Is that what y'all were trying to do? Yeah, for sure. Because you know we knew they they were such a good uh, half court defensive team. So we just, every opportunity we got to run, we tried to run as you know as fast and beat their defense on the floor and get easy buckets. When they start to make a run at you a little bit, like they did mm -hmm. a couple of times, how do you guys just dig in? Because they can't get some, yeah. get it going. Yeah, when they made that run, we were just saying the timeout, like, you know, we're not going to let this happen again because, you know, we've been up in the last, what, four second halves and lost them all. So we just, you know, came together, just toughened up, got defensive stops, and pushed it. Anything else for Brendan? Yeah, one more. I guess it seems like a lot of, you know, games have come down tight, obviously. Mm -hmm. And the ref calls have had some sway in that, and obviously it's a bit of that tonight. But it seems like you guys were able to rise above that. What was different tonight about your mentality? Yeah, we were just sick and tired of you know we don't blame it on the refs. We just you know it's, it is what it is. But we were just sick and tired of losing, and we just were saying nothing's going to stop us from losing tonight. So we just you know had to fight through, toughen up, play better defense, less hands, not get fouls called, not not make them call the fouls. All right, wrap it up with that. That is Brandon Horvath, and last night Brandon Horvath led the team in turnovers. <laughs> he had 12 points, 5-11 shooting, 1-4 from 3. He had 5 rebounds, 1 assist, and 5 turnovers in 30 minutes. He was a plus 12. You focus too much on the negative, AJ. Dude, he's bad sometimes with turnovers, though. And our listeners will agree, right? Our listeners will agree. His turnovers are like, dude, come on. Be better. 4474. Four, Horvath, let's go, Brandon. Oh, no. Here we go again. 2305. The best record the Aggies can have in the Mountain West is 12 and 5, which would be a pretty nice record considering the way they've started. How are the two players that went to Utah last year doing this season? Uh, team as a whole is not great. They, in fact, they just got walloped by Washington State. Again. Who's like the second worst team in the conference. And they've ne like hardly ever okay. lost to Washington State. Okay, let me ask you this, though. Like, it's Craig's first year there. Like, they'll figure it out. I mean, year two, he could be an NCAA tournament team. Uh, maybe. I don't know. That's a tough conference. He figured things out pretty quickly here. So, it's definitely not according to this time. Yeah, not according the to schedule here. that we saw here. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I'm looking up their stats, by the way, to I, see how they're doing. I know Marco hasn't. Well, I guess Marco's put a little bit more, but uh, Raleigh is Raleigh's doing all right over there, from what I've been told. Marco is averaging eight points, uh, seven rebounds, about two assists per game. Mm. Raleigh is averaging seven points, four boards, three assists per game. Hmm. Not, so not bad. You, yeah, not not what they were doing in Logan. All right, uh, I don't know where this audio starts here, but we're going to just go ahead and start it. It's Stephen Ashworth who hit the podium. Stephen Ashworth, really well, 5 of 10, uh, 17 points. He also had two boards, five assists. He was a plus 15 in 37 minutes. 
He uh, spoke with the media after the win last night for the Aggies. Here is Steven Ashworth. Yeah, um, you know, Coach talked about at halftime that we're going to make some mistakes, but, you know, we got to make up for it on the defensive end. And so I felt like there's a few times that I let the pressure get to me and the physicality up top and um, had some turnovers that I wish I could have taken back, obviously. But uh, luckily we were able to get back and stop the ball in transition and um, eliminate some of those uh, defense to offense type of plays for them. Stephen, obviously that 14-2 run to open the second half kind of changed things. And then you guys never let them get close to seven points. I think they got there three times, and you guys answered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, we focused. Uh, I think, you know, the, the summary of this game was that we were able to take the, the counsel and the coaching from our coaches and implement it because all these things that uh, we're talking about tonight were things that our coaches have mentioned to us, like, second half starts and getting out to a better second half start. And I think that was, I know that was huge for the rest of the game. And, um, you know, the, the mentality the champions always answer is true. They got it and they were fighting back and that's who they are. You know, they're never going to quit. And they didn't, but we were able to answer when we needed it most. How long did that losing streak seem? You're not used to that. Yeah, um, eternity, honestly. <laughs> Uh, too long. Too long. And, you know, every single time, every single night, we were just itching to get back on the floor and compete and um, show everybody what we're capable of. And I felt like tonight we were able to do that and um, get on a winning streak, 1-0. You know, 1-0 next time. And we've got a, another great game Saturday. And, Stephen, how satisfying was it to break the streak against San Diego State? Um, it was great. You know, we we saw this, the schedule that we'd been given to start conference, and we knew it was going to be tough. and. Um, unfortunately, a lot of those games at the beginning didn't go our way, and so we knew that, um, you know, coming into this one against San Diego State, it was another tough battle that we had to be poised and ready for, and, um, you know, it felt great to be able to um, play the way we played against one of the best teams in the conference. Um, you know, and we felt like our record hasn't quite shown where we believe we are in the conference, and hopefully we'll be able to, um, you know, stay dedicated and um, keep working on those little things to make sure that we're where we want to be at the end. I've never seen someone get hosed more on flopping warnings than Steven Ashford did last night. He gets elbowed in the face and we're like, oh, it's a flop. And the best part is the ref comes over and he's like, no, no, it's a foul actually on San Diego State. It's not a flop. How do you do that? Like Randy McCall is just a horrible official. <laughs> and I can't, I can't remember the other dude's name, but he sucks too. Uh, but... I mean, the Aggies are overcome it all. Win at 75-57, Does USU have the core of players for uh, next year coming back, or do they really need to do some top-notch recruiting? Uh, take the latter and emphasize it. Bold, italicized, and underlined. They lose Horvath, Idlerock, Bean, Miller. They lose Horvath? They do lose Horvath. Yeah. There's, There's going to be some major needs that they're going to have to take care of to put in the fill-in for next year. Yeah, they're going to be – I mean, they'll be okay on the guard side. Not horrible. They'll be okay. And you got Mason Faltzel coming in next year as well. So that will help. But your big man position is going to need some serious – They'll have Ashworth back, retooling. Bearstow, Shulga. And Faltzel will come in. Well, if Shulga doesn't leave and if Bearstow doesn't leave. Just wink, wink. You think everybody's going to leave. Everybody, you focus on the negative. You're always like, no, Mr. I'm just Debbie telling Downer you. You're there. like, hey, we're going to have Shulga next year. And the next year, you, you don't know if Shulga's coming back. You well, don't know. 
So anybody who's on the roster, we should just assume they will all be gone. <laughs> and Coach Odom and his staff must start from ground zero and rebuild from scratch. Okay, I see what you mean. I see what you mean. I mean, let's at least give them the benefit of the doubt that they'll come back. All right. Shogun's They'll have an back. opportunity to play an expanded role. Both will, too. Yeah. 6 2 one, one. I love the way Dorius takes the ball to the rim and slams it with authority. No layups, just slams. Audrey's correct. Or Horvath is a turnover machine. The reason the San Diego State player was upset is because the fans brought out the just like football chant. Yeah, the, there was a just like football chant coming out. It was kind of funny. Yeah, that's awesome. You know what we should have done? About that. I wish they would have just had Coach Anderson come out with the trophy at halftime. You know, with the Mount West Conference trophy. Give him a little rah-rah speech. The crowd. That would have been awesome. That would have been a good time to do it. It would have been a great time to do it. Against that opponent. That would have been a great time to do it. Here's some salt. We're going to rub it in your wound. 2305, will they be recruiting junior college guys or, or in the uh, junior college or guys in the portal? Yes. I would, I would go with a yes on that. All of the above. Yep, absolutely. And they'll need to. All right, we're going to take a break. Coming back, Utah State football on the news, and uh, they're losing somebody at a needed position at a, and a guy who was very key for them last year, at least, well, at least towards the end of the season. Who's that guy, and how does it affect that position? It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Ajay Salveson. This Keep it on the down low here. is the Dan Patrick Show. This set up perfectly for doubts. You have a good offense. You have impact players on defense. You had home field advantage. And then you beat yourself. You do stupid things. You let the 49ers manhandle you for the first three quarters. You let Jimmy Garoppolo beat you. Dan Patrick. The Dan Patrick Show. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Crystal Vision would like to thank their clients for their best year yet. They're grateful for your business and trust. It's a new year, so time for a new look. Crystal Vision, the gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a frame style you'll love that will set you apart from others. Take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Let this be the year your glasses feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision, on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Cash Valley is absolutely beautiful. It's always fun to be outdoors. And now is the time to let the allergy clinic inside the Cash Valley Hospital help with venom testing for spring and summer. The allergy clinic offers testing and treatment to life-threatening stings from honeybees, yellow jackets, white-faced hornets, yellow hornets, and wasps. Independent physicians Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette offer Cash Valley a full-time allergy clinic in two locations, Providence and inside the Cash Valley Hospital. The allergy clinic accepts most insurances, including Select Med. Call the allergy clinic at 753-7880, 753 80. We're talking with Jeff at Daryl's Appliance. Why does Northern Utah choose Daryl's when they need to repair their appliances? Our customers trust us to get the job done right. We have been repairing appliances for over 52 years. We also have our under one roof loyalty program where we discount the trip charge when you decide to buy new instead of the repair. Plus, our service calls and parts are guaranteed. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open till 6 p.m. on weekdays and 5 on Saturdays. Hi, this is Bob Larson with LSS Insurance. Are you confused by TV commercials telling you all that you're missing from your Medicare coverage? These national ads are offered by people you will never hear from again and are only interested in selling you something. Let us answer your questions and show you in detail your Medicare options. We're your local agent, here to help throughout the year. Please call 752-9493. Why not take advantage of every benefit available? Come see us 
or call 752-9493. This is Nate Lamson with Valley Office Systems. Did you know that Valley Office Systems is a local company with Utah ownership and we are debt-free with 47 years of industry experience? Valley remains your safe and smart choice for document solutions and all things office. Visit valleyofficesystems.com. It's the Full Court Press, weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. That is your fault. And if it if it comes he's back gotta, to bite me in the butt, I'm gonna I'm gonna totally. I think he's gonna try to form a group. <laughs> no, don't you? I'm gonna get some stupid Facebook invite. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a full court press. Eric France and Amaji Salveson two three zero five. What is faults of recruited by Utah State basketball? If that's what you're asking. Coming to play basketball. He's leaving uh, University of Utah. He's headed this way. I mean, the guy could have his choice of oh, football oh, or yeah. basketball. Oh, yeah. But basketball is the sport that he has chosen to pursue at the next level. And he will be an aggressive physical guard. That'd be great to have for Ryan Odom and his staff. Uh, do you know who football won't have? is a running back. Elion Noah has entered the transfer portal, according to 24-7 Sports, and to Elion Noah himself, who actually put an announcement saying he was trans or putting himself in the transfer portal. Was there a that being said nope, in his announcement? there was not. Bless his heart. It was just flat out, I'm entering the transfer portal. Thank you. <laughs> at least for that. Not for leaving, but at least for that. <laughs> uh, Elion Noah was really big for the Aggies uh, this past season. Uh, he, in last year, uh, played in 14 games, made three starts, finished the season with 682 all-purpose yards. Oh, where'd you go? And was second on the team in rushing as he carried the ball 138 times for 597 yards and four touchdowns. He also had 11 catches for 85 yards, and he had uh, uh, a rushing touchdown in three straight games against Hawaii, New Mexico, and San Jose State. He posted his first career 100-yard rushing game against Hawaii, carrying the ball for 23 times and 111 yards and one touchdown, including a career-long 36-yard rush. He had a career-high 26 carries for 97 yards against Colorado State with career-high three receptions for 14 yards. Uh, it's a big loss for Utah State. This kid could do it all. and he I love the physical downhill running he would use to kind of counter what Calvin Tyler was, who was more of a shifty guy. Yeah, and I like how you described him. I think Leon Noah was a f- more physical back. If Utah State needed a a power run, if they needed someone to just hit that line hard, he would be the guy who's a change-up back from what uh, Calvin Tyler Jr., uh, how he would approach. Ta- Calvin Tyler Jr. had some games where he was um, hurt a little bit, and so Noah came in and um, really filled in well for him. So it's too bad that he's leaving. Yeah, that's a bummer. And it, what does it do to John Chantry? Does he decide to stay or does he decide to go? And maybe they got something in the portal of a back that I wouldn't say scared Noah away, but Noah knew that he needed to go get more carries and yards somewhere else. And 
Who knows? There's yeah. there's a variety of reasons why yeah. somebody might choose to leave. But it's it yeah, it's too bad because he played a significant role in this offense and he earned the opportunity to get a lot of touches and was probably gonna play a similar role. Maybe he didn't want to be the backup. Maybe you want to go somewhere to be the guy. And um ultimately decided that was what he needed to do. Two three oh five. Oh. Uh was false of going to Utah before Utah State got him. Yes. yes. So he had committed to Utah with Larry Kostoviak, and then after he was let go, Craig Smith entered the fray, and uh, Mason Fultz decided to leave and go to Utah State, and said he'll be playing with his buddy Rylan Jones, uh, Landon Brinchley as well, who's over at Utah State. He's out this year on a medical redshirt, so, uh, but Landon should be back hopefully next year with the team. And uh, Fultz is still serving a mission? Yep, he'll be back in May, I believe. I think he comes back this year, so he'll be back, and uh, we'll see what uh, the coaches decide to do with him. I mean, they're loaded at that guard lineup even next year, so we'll see how they start to use that. It'll be kind of an interesting sight to behold. Uh, but they're talented at that backcourt spot. Five six three four. Who is Utah State getting in the transfer portal? Uh, they got the Alabama kid, uh, Xavier Williams, who's going to be pretty good. At a, he's a four-star recruit. He was on a medical uh, issue, uh, medical redshirt, I believe, not last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and so he didn't play, uh, but he'll He's headed to Utah State. I'm not sure what the injury is. Uh, when I asked around, uh, they did not disclose what the medical issue was either. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, I know they're not done yet. Uh, I know they're looking at the defensive side of the ball really heavy as well. They've also got another receiver coming this way. So they hit hard in the receiver and in the defensive end of the department. The, the Wyoming quarterback is a transfer yep. who's coming. Uh, there's some J.C. Guys that I'm seeing on social media making it look, sound like they're choosing to come to Utah State. And, of course, that uh, the next phase of signing period is February, next week. Yeah, I was going to say next week, February 2nd or something like yeah, that, I believe. Wednesday? Yeah, we'll have, a, uh, we'll have a press conference with Coach Anderson. We'll play that audio here on the Full Court Press so you can hear it as well. Uh, it'll be the uh, signing period day for Utah State. Well, for all of college football, but for specifically for us, Utah State as well. Be able to fill you up on all the deeds going on there. We got to take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap up the first hour of the full court press here on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. I'm going to give you your pick six gift. By the way, dude, I, I'm still just imagining you sitting in that car, having that conversation. I just feel like you would have. What? Why do I got to be the snitch? What do Valentine's Day and Jarek's have in common? They're both all about the romance. Jarek's Fine Jewelry has a great selection of men's and women's watches, earrings, bracelets, necklaces, and yes, engagement rings. Don't sweat it out worrying about where to get the perfect gift. Just come to Jarek's. Through Valentine's with any purchase, receive a forever metal rose handcrafted by metal petals. Valentine's Day and Jarek's, they're both all about the romance. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. Boats full of gloves from Burton, DeKine, Scott, Gordini, and more 50% off at Al Sporting Goods. 10,000 gloves in every size, every color, men's, women's, and children, all 50% off. Screamer beanies, $9.99. All slippers save 50%. The North Face, Vans, Teva, and more. All winter skis, boards, boots, and bindings save 25%. Ski goggles starting at $14.99. Clearance prices on Nordic Track and Proform treadmills and ellipticals in stock on sale. Every winter helmet remaining, you save 30%. Deals in every department during Al Sporting Goods' boatload of glove sale. Al Sporting Goods, every sport, every season. This is Dave Simmons for Les Olson Company. Every great team knows that you have to train to stay on top of your game. Even top players continue to practice the fundamentals. 
That's why Les Olson Company offers free IT security awareness training so your business can stop threats before they become a problem. Learn what to do in case of a suspected phishing attack. Don't take risks. Take action with the Les Olson Security Suite. Get your free network assessment at lesolson.com. The Karen Nielsen Guild Mortgage Team will help you find the loan to fit your life. Guild Mortgage offers hundreds of loan products for a wide variety of borrowers, including first-time home buyers, military families, and rural residents. Guild Mortgage also offers many state, county, and city housing programs that provide down payment assistance. At Guild, they work hard to deliver what matters most to you with a loan that fits your life. Call 435-294-2480 or Google Karen at Guild Mortgage. NMLS 3274 0226 Equal Housing Lender. Sunday, it's the championship round of the NFL playoffs as we bring you a special doubleheader. Hi, this is Scott Graham. Join me and the rest of our Westwood One crew for all the action. First, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs host Joe Burrow and the Bengals in the AFC title game. Then, two division rivals battle each other for the NFC championship when the Rams take on the 49ers. Who will advance to Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles? Hear the playoff picture unfold right here. Pre-game begins at noon, Sunday on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. But, I mean, honestly, you would make a great snitch. No, dude, I, I guarantee catch. you, if you really did you call, have the fancy if gold you called me out, you make it look good. I swear, if you are telling the truth and you called me out to him, that I would be a good I snitch. I did. He's like, oh. Eric, oh, I yeah, hate you. Yeah. I swear. AJ would be a good snitch. I hate you so bad. Did you know that the snitch really, can, like, push people around? He's not a Quidditch fan. Please tell me you're joking. He told me mostly that this, people who play the snitch are, like, former wrestlers. You can push people around and keep them at bay. You would love that job. Besides running around, you'd like to be pushing people down. I just Get off me! <laughs> I flop so hard. I tried draw fouls. 2305, can you explain how the portal works? Are the players recruited prior to getting in the portal or after they enter it? <laughs> yeah, can we give you a wink, wink on the uh, uh, on the players recruit? legally? Yeah, wink, not wink. until they enter the portal. Illegally, it happens all the time. Uh, yes, illegally, it's like, hey, what are you, uh, what are you up to over there in do Illinois? Do you really like it there? Do you really? Do you realize I mean, we have an opening here where you, you could be featured? That guy is not going to uh, sit out, and you're gonna just sit there on the bench and be the clipboard dude. You want to be the clipboard dude? No, you don't want to be the clipboard dude. You want to be the sign dude. But I can't officially do anything until you enter the portal. So how about you just jump in the portal and then we'll just, you know. Then we'll really show you what we can do. That's about how, how it in. goes. On and So that's us explaining how the portal works. On That's honestly how it works. There is no, like, code of honor in that thing. None. Pretty shady. So, yeah, oh yeah. App and by the way, between Power 5 schools, it's really shady. I mean, I look, I'm a, I'm a Nick Saban guy, but I I would imagine he finger dips a little bit hey, in that. By the way, I lost pick 6. I know I'm a few days late. You got 20 seconds. What do you got? But I'm making do. I'm all oh, that is sure I so take annoying. care of you. There you go. I hope you enjoy that. I, I bought it because I liked the little cartoon duck on there. 
What, what is it? I, what's the name of it? I don't even know what the name is called. How do you nice, say this? bright orange packaging with the cartoon duck. Why is Daffy Duck like on that? here? I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. When Chris Paul joined the Phoenix Suns last year, everybody knew the Suns would improve, but I don't think many people expected this kind of impact. Phoenix made it to the finals last season, and this year, they're the top seed in the West. Paul has a lot to do with that again. Despite being 36, he is still one of the NBA's elite point guards. Now, he's not the biggest or fastest or quickest, but that basketball IQ is off the charts. That was on full display last night in the Suns' win over the Utah Jazz. The game was close heading into the fourth quarter, but Paul scored 15 in the game's final 12 minutes, helping Phoenix to its eighth straight win. The NBA is a young man's game, but if last night proved anything, it's that Chris Paul's combination of elite fundamentals and basketball IQ is still a winning recipe in the NBA. And with talented players around him, that could once again make the Phoenix Suns a very, very dangerous team come playoff time, just like last year. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. A presentation of Sports Talk Radio. It's this man. It's the compassion. It's the it's the dignity. It's the wisdom. It's the it's the horse sense of the guy. You know what? This is crap. We're gonna stop this. I can't stand it. Run it again. Huddle up and run it again. We're rolling now. <laughs> I think so. Microphones are on. Marker eight ten go. The Eggies. Merrill for the lead. He's got it. The Jazz. Uh-oh. Stop the high schools. Also's gonna take it on the quarterback draw. He's to the 30, the 25, makes the move to the 20, 15, 10, 5. He's into the end zone. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. Number four of my best non-sports sports. Wife carrying. I beg your pardon? It's the full court press with Eric Franson and AJ Selvison. Because what you're really saying when you're using all this blabberish is, AJ, you were right and I was wrong. That's what I'm hearing from you. 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. It is Thursday, 501, your start time here on the full court press, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, 1069thefan.com. And on our free mobile app, you can find it on all app stores, 1069 The Fan. Eric France and Amaje Salveson, thanks for joining us, however, wherever you're doing. So, uh, hope you're having a wonderful evening. Post-Aggie win, who beat the Aztecs 75-57 your final score. Aggies will take on the Nevada Wolfpack on Saturday night, 7 o'clock pregame, 8 o'clock tip-off, pregame on KVNU. Starting out Lewis and Jalen Moore, and then postgame immediately following after. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys, our listeners, 435-339-0321. Text in whatever your heart desires. Whatever's on your mind, just text it to us. Uh, I don't know that we read 5452's latest what last uh, text that was sent in. Uh, I really wish I knew someone who went to the Jazz game last night. Yeah, I don't... I'm trying to find somebody who went. Oh, wait. You know Eric, who else I'd like, what else I'd like to know? If there's anybody who went to the Plain White Tees concert last night. Dude... <laughs> And the fact that you hoped you hope it was bad, <laughs> I just like you honestly said that. Hey, did anybody go to the white uh, playing white tees concert? And uh, how bad did it suck? <laughs> I, that, that's it would, it I mean, come on. Over a lot easier in my house if people said it was not not good. Well, uh, kids, if you're listening, it did not suck. It was actually really, really good. <laughs> I'm, sh- I'm sure it was. It was fun. It was a b- absolute sure was. blast, and you missed it. You uh, missed it. <laughs> By the way, Utah Jazz injury report, 
Uh, Donovan Mitchell is questionable, so it's an upgrade from out to questionable. Trent Forrest is questionable, turned his ankle late in the game. Rudy Gobert is out, didn't travel with the team on their uh, little road trip here. He's got that left calf strain. Uh, 6891 text in. Yep. I was wrong about the USU score last night. My bad. Well, you're not the only one. I'm sure there's a lot of people who didn't think they were going to beat the Aztecs who had a lot of similar thoughts. They just didn't share those thoughts. But you're okay to share them. It's a safe place. The full court press text line. You're allowed to share your thoughts, 6891. He said the Aztecs would win by 10 last night, at least 10. Aggies won by 18. Great swing. Great, great swing. I think one of the things that impressed me the most about Utah State last night is that tough first half, really anybody's game. I mean, the Aggies were mostly in control, but it was still a back-and-forth game. Second half, they start to pull away. They get, they build this lead. And then the Aztec makes, Aztecs make some adjustments. Aggies are turning the ball over. It's starting to evaporate. And it's almost that, there definitely was this sense like, oh, here we go again. But that they dug in and they didn't allow it to go any further than that. And then not only just held it at bay, but then expanded their lead again. That was really impressive to me. Yeah, uh, and I just thought the way they responded to the physicality of the game, too, I thought was really well done. Zero Two th- offensive rebounds for I, That's State. amazing. It's incredible. Especially because, and, and Brian Dutcher brought this up in his post game. God bless the man. But he brought up and he's like, you know, we were kind of shocked that that happened, especially after Boise State punished him on the boards. Well, I saw how that went. Uh, 2305 text in. Hey, Ajay, how did Royce O'Neal do last night? Not great, guys. 27 minutes, 3 of 5 from the field. He had 8 points, 5 assists, 5 boards. He was a minus 12, though. It's horrible. One steal. It was interesting. The first couple of offensive play sets were directly for Royce O'Neal. That was really interesting. Very first offensive set was designed for Royce O'Neal. They wanted him to get going offensively. He did score eight points. That's not bad. If you can get that every night from Royce, that's okay. Yeah. I wouldn't say that he was bad last night. Uh, Booker was cooking. <laughs> in the first quarter, but no one on the Jazz team in that first quarter was really playing much effort. But uh, I, I thought it was a a decent offensive night for Royce. Boyan struggled with only seven points, but that finger is creating an issue for yeah, him. Yeah, it sure has. I'll get to more Jazz basketball later on. Six five four three. How does San Diego State go the whole game with no offensive rebounds? That really is amazing. And I didn't notice that until after the game and I looked at the stat sheet and I was like, wait a minute. As big as they are? The length that they have? Give credit to Dorius, who I thought played really well. Bean played out of his mind on the defensive end. Um, Zero second chance opportunities. That's amazing. Uh, 8577. Uh, here. Uh, the Aggies play significantly better when they play Ashworth instead of Ryland Jones. Interesting. Well, they played Ashworth. They've played him a couple of times here recently. They play significantly better when they play Ashworth instead of Rowling Jones. They lost with Ashworth in the starting lineup, and they've won with Ashworth in the starting lineup. So, Okay, yeah, but I think when he says play. Do we have really enough body of work to make that decision? 
I think when he says they play better, it's rhythm, it's how they look, it's how they look offensively. Because Ashworth threw up some goose eggs here recently. And you can make a strong argument that he didn't contribute to the offense at all. But last night he had a great game. Uh, let's see here. 5-2, five, 5-3. Five, I really wouldn't mind if this upsetting San Diego State thing became a recurring event. Two for two this year. Can we also figure out how to do this with Boise and the school down south? If, if <laughs> we could figure nice, out 5-2, five, 5-3. Five, if we could figure out how to beat BYU in Provo, I would raise my hands to the heavens and scream hallelujah. Would I you, don't would you don know. Would a gold suit with yeah. a little tennis ball hanging off the back? Well, there'd, all, there'd be two... Never mind. <laughs> You'd be run around and say, I'm the snitch. Dude, if you tell Ben one more time that I'm. Oh. Uh, you know, that should be my next pick six gift. No. I should get you. No. I'm not your wearing Your own it. gold suit. Your own. I'm going to give it to Quidditch, dude. Does he really? That can't be true. Yeah, like he traveled all over the country in tournaments. I'm dead serious. Are you sure he wasn't just kissing up to you or something? No. He's not oh, that kind of guy. Ajay, just think last year we had Royce and Royce O'Neill and George Niang. Yeah, that was one of the worst things ever. You want to talk about like one guy who just doesn't do anything, period, and the other guy can't score. I mean, that was bad when those two were on the court. That's when you knew you were a host. That's probably when Rudy Gobert really got all pissy about basketball is when those two were on the court and he was on the court with them. Nine three one five. What type of quad win was that for USU last night? Go Splashworth. Keep it up, Eric. Help us out with the quad one. That would have been a quad two victory for Utah State. We'll Since it, it was in Logan, that's a quad two win. Well, there you go. Yeah, there's your answer. And you by the way, they still have. Let's see. They got Reno, Nevada on Saturday. The next week again, folks. Three games all at home. Tuesday, Air Force. Thursday, San Jose State. Saturday, UNLV. All very winnable games. Very. They could be six and five. At the end of by next the end week. of next week. Yeah. Six and five by the end of next week, going into a February slate. Now these this stretch of games doesn't necessarily help their net ranking a whole lot, but yeah. it gives them victories, and that does help. That makes a difference. Uh. But again, in February it's tough. You got to go to San Diego State. You go to have to go to Boise. You go to Boise. You go to Wyoming. Uh, like and yeah, it's it's not easy in February. No, February's gonna be brutal no. for those guys. Two three zero five. Will BYU schedule us after they enter the Big Twelve? In, it's a really, really big question. question. They yeah. just canceled their future series with Boise State. They haven't canceled anything with Utah State, at least not publicly yet. Are you meaning basketball? Uh, well, sorry, I'm talking about football. But I don't know about basketball. Yeah, basketball will be interesting. I don't know if they'll keep him in basketball. It depends on what that slate looks like in conference You've games. You've got more room to wiggle and, you do. and do things in basketball to schedule some of these games. Um, it, uh, it It's a different conversation with basketball than it is for football. Utah State on their schedule still helps them. Uh, Utah State has proven to be a solid program in basketball. And Utah State's been a solid program in football, too. It, it really hasn't hurt BYU to have Utah State on their schedule, despite what some 
weirdos down in Provo might believe. Uh, six eight nine one. So what's the difference? Of what? Of what's the difference? What's the difference when? In what? What are the two things we're looking at? Yeah. Help us sort out what difference uh, you're sorry, talking about. When that text came through, we moved on. Oh, quad wins. Quad win. Uh, we've got the sheet right over by your got it. Your pick six gift with the weird I still don't know what the hell duck this on that, is, dude. But it's brightly colored and it had a cool cartoon duck. And so. it expires in a month. Yeah. So you've got time to... <laughs> Put it on the shelf. You know, you're always good about giving me things that are, are expired or will expire soon. <laughs> it's still active. Here, it's take good. that and explain it to us like it'll five. Oh, oh shoot. Uh, oh, fetch. It's here. right Where, there. Grab gosh, that. Really? Yeah. It's not that. Just reach underneath and grab it. Okay, so quad one. You get a quad one victory if you beat a team in the top 30 at home. If you beat a team in the top 50 on a neutral site, or a team in the top 75 on the road. So, San Diego State is not ranked in the top 30 in the net. So, they are between 31 and 75 because it was a game in Logan. It's a quad two win for Utah State. I hope that helps. And so, because they got that quad two win, they were able to move up in the rankings. And that helped them out. So, hope that helps. So, there's a different weight based on, uh, and you scored, how or where the game is played. That matters. And I I like that. It it should matter. You should have a greater value on a game that you play or you win on the road. Um, versus if you're hosting it at your place, so I or even at a neutral site. So I like how the net kind of works and how it factors uh, where the game is played, not just who you play, but where it's played. So I, I, that's what I like about the net. Uh, let's see here. Uh, what out of conference games this is from two three oh five? What out of conference games do we have in football next year besides Alabama? Oh, we are. We have a couple of home gimmies, I think. If I'm not, is Southern Utah on that schedule next year? So I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, let's see. The Utah State Aggies next year, their non-conference. Oh, nope. They are is at home against, U- is at oh, home against UConn. UConn. That's uh, late August. Then they travel to Alabama. They return home for, U- for uh, Weber State. And then they travel to BYU on uh, September 30th. So it looks like there's a buy in there between Weber State and BYU unless they fill it with a an early conference opponent cuz there's well there's a couple weeks there. Yeah, it's going to say filled. Dude, there's 20 so, days in between those two games. Yeah, there's there, there could be some early conference games that fill uh the 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 gap between One, Weber State two, and BYU. 3 4 5 6 7 There's eight conference games that are labeled here. Their dates are not set. Yeah, so they could maybe squeeze in one between Weber State and BYU, and I don't know when they'd have their bye week as well. Because there's been some times where Air Force usually gets is early on the schedule. I don't know if that'll be the case this year or not. The Mountain West Conference football schedule usually released in what, March? Mm-hmm. April? April, actually. So 
it's not that far away, but um, but the the non conference looks like it is it is set. UConn at Alabama, Weber State, and then at BYU at the end of September. Nine four seven five. Do the Jazz have anyone they could play that is a really good perimeter defender, even if they are liability on the offensive side of the ball? That's Royce O'Neal. That's, that's Royce. Yeah, that's his job. That's his job is to play defense. Um, other perimeter defenders. Um, I'm kind of running out of room on that conversation, though. It's pretty limited. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could look at Rudy Gay, but he's. I don't know. Would you classify him as a perimeter defender? Probably <laughs> Nine, more so than an interior guy. Nine four seven five. Royce is average. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is yeah, that Royce is average. Yeah, and the Jazz. That is a big struggle. They don't have a quality perimeter defender. Uh, That's why I think the talk about Robert Covington keeps bubbling up as a potential target for the Jazz. He's a good 3 and D guy, a good perimeter defender, and really is coming along. He played well in Houston. He's playing well right now in Portland. Uh, I think he could be a real target for the Jazz. Uh, nine three one five does a quad one or quad one two three or four change if they net if the net changes later on. So yes, the 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 a team that you beat. Let's say the 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 Aggies beat somebody early in the non conference schedule, and at the time it was a quad one win because they were a good team and looked like they had a good resume. But then that team just plays terribly in their conference, then. If they drop in the net rankings, it will affect whether or not it was a quad one or not, quad one win on the Aggies' resume. So at the end of the year is when it really matters. Say Richmond at the time was a a good win, but then they falter. And then it may not look as good uh, later in the year. So, yes, the the quad one, how many wins you have in the, the different quadrants, that changes day to day based on how, how good a team is and how they move up or how they move down. Uh, let's see here. nine four seven Fabian. He said Royce was average. Uh, seven eight five four. It all went down when George Yang left. The Italian medallion. Man, <laughs> I've never seen someone suck so bad the at the game of basketball sauce. in the NBA like I saw Royce O'Neal. I would rather have JaVale McGee than Royce O'Neal or than uh, George Yang. Eight five seven seven. Do you think it's very likely that Utah State could get hot for the conference tournament and win it all? Yes, Ab- absolutely. Is it very likely? Y- yes, uh, likely. Very likely. Maybe. I mean, they, look, they've been competitive. Exactly. In every game They're not getting played. blown out. They're just barely losing games. If they get hot at the right. Hot at the right. Like I can tell you right now, and with full confidence, I can tell this because I've talked to coaches and players. They want that Boise State game back very badly, and they are dying. I mean, just salivating from the mouth to get Air Force on their home court next week. They are awaiting the Air Force Falcons to come to the spectrum next week. They're hungry. Oh, they, they, there's revenge on their minds. Uh, 2305, is Royce making big money? No. No. No, he's not. It's uh, actually, it's, I wouldn't say it's a veteran minimum. But, man, it's not a whole lot of cash right now for what the guy's doing. He could – sounds crazy, but he's – I think, in my mind, he's a tradable asset. Now we don't uh, I'm trying to see how many more years he has. 
He is under contract through 23-24. With how uh, much left? He's making 8.8 this year, moves up to 9.2 next, and then 9.5 the following year. So they're either going to renegotiate on that contract or else I think he's going to go. That's my guess. See, the guys that are kind of interesting to look at are those who have expiring contracts. Joe Ingles has an expiring contract. He's done after this year. He's making 13 right now. And then it's then it's done. So he's got an expiring contract, which makes it kind of interesting move to make. Boyan has one more year. Next year he makes 19 and a half. And then that that's that's the last year on his deal. But yeah, Royce, Jordan, and Rudy Gay, well, even Mike Connolly, they're all under contract through the 23-24 season. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. 4260. Not sure if you guys have already talked about Donovan Mitchell news for the day, but it sucks to hear these kind of rumors about your star player. We're going to get into Donovan Mitchell here in the next segment. And you guys are not going to like what you hear from me. This is my theory on Donovan Mitchell. I'll share that here in just a little bit. Stay tuned for that. 5452. Have you guys found anyone who went to the Jazz game last night yet? <laughs> Still looking. Still looking. Eric, did you get a chance to and go? I know, I know you had the plane white keys. Went to the concert. Front row tickets to the concert. Everybody knows. And you were going to bring your kids. Did, did you get Did you get a chance to go to the plane white tees concert? Or did, you, did anything come up? But the uh, starters for the NBA All-Star Game have been announced. We we'll get to, get to those, those as well. Uh, 9315, is Eric and Aj going to have a live full-court press from Alabama for the USU football game? If Wouldn't not, that, th- be fun? that would be amazing. If not, they should because of Aj and his question and on-site, on-situational punting with Nick for U- a USU win. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 8577, when does Brock Miller come back from injury? Uh, sources have told me, it. I mean, they say February. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to push that back to the Mount West conference tournament would be my guess. I don't think it's going to be during conference play. Not until the uh, first week in March for the tournament. Two, three, it's oh, tricky when you're dealing with a back yeah, injury. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yep. Two, three, oh, five. If Royce was on the trading block, would anyone want him in a trade? I, I, I think he brings value. I do. I think he brings really good value, Eric. Defensively, not offensively, but defensively. Six seven eight nine. I think we all suspect Donovan and Rudy don't fundamentally work as a star duo, but it's worth shaking up the supporting cast and giving up one more run before blowing it up. Yeah. All right. Well, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take a break. I've got a theory on Donovan Mitchell. The Jazz are falling apart, and Donovan Mitchell is the reason why. Even when he's not playing, I'll explain why and how. And this will probably upset Eric because he's such a big fan of the Utah Jazz. But I'm going to help him understand why Donovan Mitchell needs to be traded immediately. Wow. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press, 1069 The Fan. It's the Full Court Press. With Eric Franson, Tanaj, 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 Tanaj Salveson. I will hurt somebody's feelings. Royce O'Neal. 
his offense has totally evaporated and disappeared. He's never had an offense. You always defend him. Well, he's going the best defensive player guy, and uh, that really matters. Well, guess what, Eric? He sucks at offense, and now you finally see it, and you're like, hey, where's his offense at? 9176, Ajay's Eric impression, spot on. Weekdays from 4 to 6, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. You want to feel important. You want to be part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. But our part-time service in the Army National Guard means we get to be more. When our communities are in need, we get the chance to stand up and do something about it. We get to serve in our own region and help the people we call neighbors. From the mountains of Colorado, Wyoming, Montana, Idaho, and Utah. The deserts of Arizona and Nevada. The Pacific coasts of Washington, Oregon, and California. To the wilderness of Alaska and islands of Hawaii and Guam. We are here for our hometown. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. It's USU Hockey Game Time at the Eccles Ice Center, 7 o'clock sharp tonight. Colorado State arrives in town to invade Aggie home ice. Make sure they know this is the Aggie's house. And you know what? You can avoid the lines. Get your tickets early at usu.edu slash hockey. That's usu.edu slash hockey. And day of at the Eccles Ice Center. USU Hockey takes on Colorado State tonight, 7 p.m. Do you have your tickets? Crystal Vision would like to thank their clients for their best year yet. They're grateful for your business and trust. It's a new year, so time for a new look. Crystal Vision, the gold medal winner in Best of Northern Utah, has a frame style you'll love that will set you apart from others. Take in your current prescription and let Crystal Vision fit you into a new look. Let this be the year your glasses feel like they were made for you. Crystal Vision on 14th North or online at crystalvision.com. Steven, stop dragging your feet. Don't you give me that look. You've had a bad attitude all day. Now, look, I know you'd rather be with your friends right now, but this has to be done, and either you start cooperating or I'm going to start taking things away from you. And I think you know what that means, don't you, Steven? Yes, I do. All right. Okay. Watch it. Bigger isn't always better. At Castalite, you'll choose from a huge selection of pavers and receive help from experts. You'll see just how easy it is to do it yourself. For brick, block, rock, paver, and tile, go where the pros go. Online at castalite.com. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I got it. Eric I mean, what have you been doing it as long as we've been doing it? <laughs> Dude, I forgot. I totally forgot. It's your fault. <laughs> it's okay. Just always say it's my fault. <laughs> it's probably often It works right every time. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get to some more text here. Wait, at, uh, before Gilmore's. we do that, we need to give a shout out to our sponsors. Oh, yeah. Valvoline Instant Oil Change. Big thanks to them. Yes. 695 North Main, right across the street from Angie's. Go get you some. If you need your vehicle taken care of quickly, you can go there, get an oil change. Make sure your vehicle's taken care of right and um, quickly. They can do it. Uh, they're fast. They're clean. 
good place to take it and uh, get an oil change. Six ninety five North Main. They got a couple different uh, options available for different oils. Make sure your vehicle is running smoothly in and out. At six ninety five North Main, Valvoline Instant Oil Change. By the way, Napa Auto Parts can also can help you out. Locally owned with five locations from Preston to Providence. Always the best prices on the best parts. Again, five locations, Providence to Preston, whichever way you want to go. Love that joke between you and I. 50-pound bag of Blue Heat Ice Melt, just $10, or a 16-ounce can of Seafoam Motor Treatment for just $7.99. That and a lot more de- great deals at Napa Auto Parts. Napa, know-how. Full Court Press here, Eric France and Amaje Salveson, 6789. Oh, sorry, I already read that text. 7854. If he's not available, speaking of Brock Miller, until the tournament, do you really want to back? By that point, I'm hoping the team is really gel. Yeah. Uh, yes, you want Brock Miller back. He helps you spread the court. Uh, I would take him. Yeah. Look, he's got a lot of experience, a ton of experience. He still is that threat to score from outside. He can be inconsistent, yes, but he still gives you that threat and that ability. Uh, 2305, trade Royce for Niang. Okay, that's why you're not the general manager yet, sir. 2417, you are not going to like what I say about Mitchell. AJ and Utah Jazz talk. Shocker. <laughs> okay, so... Donovan Mitchell dealing with concussion protocol. Yep. How bad is it? We don't know. But there's been these injury links where in this season he sits out a little bit longer than expected to. Eric, did you know that this what do you year mean expected to? Did you know this year Donovan Mitchell has not played a game where two or more starters are sitting out? Until last night, because I think only one starter set out last night, right? He and Rudy were the only ones out. Before last night, he had not played a game where two or more starters were sitting out. Donovan Mitchell has became the diva of the Utah Jazz. And, and he didn't go to any of these games until last night on ESPN where the cameras were going to be flashing on Donovan Mitchell. What's Donovan doing? Donovan's sitting at the end of the bench. There's Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's became the distraction that we didn't want him to become, and it's become an egomaniac and a diva. We don't need Donovan Mitchell on the court. You've said it, that Rudy Gobert is more important of a player. Is Donovan important? Sure. I would trade Donovan Mitchell for the value you can get out of him right now. Get three first picks and a all-star out of it. You, if you put Donovan Mitchell on the trading block... Donovan Mitchell for... Ben Simmons? No, because Ben doesn't give you anything offensively. Well, what other All-Star is going to be on the trading block? Ask for Damian Lillard. I'm serious. Ask for Damian Lillard. Ask for Jason Tatum. Ask for, I mean, and and it's an All-Star for an All-Star. I mean, it really is. Now, granted, neither of these guys are starting All-Star games. We'll get to that in just a bit. Go for a high-profile star. Trade Donovan Mitchell and get someone who actually doesn't have a personal beef with Rudy Gobert and is a diva about it. I don't know about the diva business. Look, look, Donovan Mitchell was a Western Conference Player of the Month in December. That's a huge honor. He's improved his offensive output. He's improving as a player, as a whole player, 
involving other teammates in scoring the ball at a higher clip and more efficiently as well. Uh, has the team and really the fan base been strongly aware that Rudy Gobert is the most important player on the team? Yes. Does that bother him? I don't know. Probably. But I think there's also been a narrative of trying to create strife that I don't know that how much it really exists. Like Rick Buecher, does he, does he really have reliable sources? But that guy hasn't been relevant for years. And I think he tries to overstate his relevance these days. Because he's the one going around right now saying, I have a source that says that Donovan is not pleased and he's he's too big of a star for Salt Lake. I don't I don't know if I I just don't believe Rick Buecher with anything he says these days. But is there something there? Maybe. But Windhorse, but Brian Windhorse reported it, and Brian Brian said something similar to that. And Windhorse has his ear very close to the tracks. Here's what bothers me: there's a national narrative in the NBA. There's a national belief that if you become a star, you automatically are you feel discontent if you're in a small or medium market. That only a major market can appeal to these stars. And that exists really only in the NBA. And I don't know why that is. Look at Josh Allen. He's performing well in Buffalo. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He's a star in Kansas City. Aaron Rodgers is a star in Green Bay, Wisconsin, for crying out loud. So why do we have this narrative that only exists in the NBA? That you can only be content if you're a star, if you're in a major market. Why? Why is that? I don't understand it. Kevin Durant was able to win and get to the NBA Finals in Oklahoma City, but no, we had to continue to pile on and make him believe that he could only find satisfaction if he left to go to a major market. Hold on, so you're telling me that the media or the fan base made Kevin Durant believe that he had to go to it's Oakland to play with Golden State. From national media, that he can only find success if he were to leave to find and go to a major market. But wait, tell me, you're te- hold on, you're telling me that the media and the fan base or the NBA world as a whole was able to persuade Kevin Durant to leave Oklahoma City and go I'm play using for that Golden as State. An example, I'm not because look. Tell me that I'm wrong that you don't see this in the NBA and only in the NBA. That if you're a star, if you become an all-star especially, that you can't survive in the NBA unless you go to a major market. That's not true. That's not true. (laughs) Damian Lillard is an outlier. (laughs) Find me any other star in the NBA that can't continue to be a star in a small market. Would you consider Atlanta to be a small market? No. Milwaukee's a small market. Giannis seems to be doing just fine there. True. I will grant you that. Uh, but until this year and then they won, I mean, are people really saying, can he continue to, how long can he last in Milwaukee? Jean Morant's in Memphis right now. And the first time someone from Memphis has been named an all-star. But how long will that last? 
the volume will increase about can John Morant stay in Memphis? His star is too bright for that small town. He needs to go to a bright lights, bigger city. People know that that Donovan Mitchell grew up in the New York area. And so they're going to continue to pile on and say, Donovan, you need to be in a bigger market. You, you're you too big for Utah. You're too big for Salt Lake City. It has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert do not get along or see eye to eye in about anything right now. Well, you don't, We don't hear this dialogue in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes, you're too big for Kansas City. You should go to New York. You should go to the Giants. Aaron Rodgers, look, Kansas, we've, we've heard this. The before. Packers aren't working out for you. You should go to the Jets. Go to a big market. Turn it around. Get all the bright lights in big city. That's where you get all of your endorsements. We don't hear that in the NFL. Why do we hear that all the time in the NBA? Why? <laughs> look, I, I I get that people love when the, like the big stars stay in small markets, like the and and that time's coming gone, right? Kobe Bryant. In, in L.A. or I guess not even a small market, but Tim Duncan in San Antonio, which was a very small market and did just fine, right? Yeah, true. Uh, uh, um, I would consider, honestly, I consider Golden State to be a small market at one point in its core history, and you had a very well, light San Francisco is a very big metro. I wouldn't call that. They a, were in Oakland. Oakland, San Francisco is part of the same media market. It's all connected. L.A. was L.A. took over that whole entire market. There was no Golden State. It was L.A. Lakers and L.A. Clippers. It was not Golden State. No one thought about Golden State. No one talked about Golden State. Well, it's kind of like Atlanta. Maybe not a great team, but in a major market. Uh, we got a few texts that have dropped in. Uh, let's see here. 2305. Donovan Mitchell to the Warriors for Kamang and James Wiseman. I'd take it. I'd absolutely take it if I were the Warriors. I'd Come take on. it from the Jazz. <laughs> Uh, nine three one five. Uh, did it, Ajay, Why do you think the Lakers picked up so many great players, even though they are not winning championships anymore? Because they all want to go play with LeBron. Well, and they want to play with LeBron, and it's in LA. And it's in LA. It's in LA. It's a major market. It's Hollywood. Four two six zero. Remember when Donovan Mitchell got mad at the Jazz medical staff last playoffs? Yeah. Yeah, and do you know what he did? His ankle was hanging on a thread by the end of the series. I know. Look, I. He's a gamer. He wants to play. But the medical staff's like, look, we have a long-term view of this. You might come out and play in one game and make a go of it, but then we've lost you for the rest of the playoffs and maybe even a good chunk of next year. 5-2-3-2. Two, two. You're not a contender if you get rid of Donovan. It's as simple as that. You might have a quality team with other guys, but you can't even have a conversation about a championship if you don't have a caliber of Donovan's caliber or if you don't have a player of Donovan's caliber. He's a superstar, and you won't get anything close to that back by trading him. Not a very good argument, buddy. It is if you get Damian Lillard. It is if you get Klay Thompson. It is if you get... The Warriors uh, aren't going to trade Klay Thompson for Donovan Mitchell. Yes, they would. Uh, in a heartbeat. Would, do I want a guy who has two ACL injuries and repairs on his knees, or do I want a guy who's healthy and who has a drive to be great and who is going to, and who's young still? I would, You would... You bet your bottom dollar they'd take Donovan Mitchell or Clay Thompson. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. 9948. It doesn't matter the size of the market. It's about winning championships, something that the Jazz will never do. Donovan for Lillard is a no-brainer. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, and you know what? These guys want to win a championship. They're And I've said it before. They're never going to win a championship. Unless they get to the Eastern Conference to get to the NBA Finals. There's no way. Uh, see, nine seven five eight. That's the narr- or the narrative that big time players in the NBA have to go to a big market to win is a misperception that is fueled by fans in the national media, and the media is a huge player in that. Yeah, I agree. I hate it. I think it's stupid. You don't see that. I mean, you might see it to some degree in Major League Baseball, but not quite as much. But it's it's really amplified and really annoying in the NBA. You don't see it at all in the NFL. But you see it a lot in the NBA. It's it's really annoying. But I are the, I mean we can throw hypotheticals out there all day long. Will the Jazz be a title contender if it was Rudy Gobert and Damian Lillard? Maybe, yeah. I mean he's a gamer. He's clutch. But his health is a real concern right now. He's he's on he's getting in the twilight of his career. But can they be a contender with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell? Yes. No. But they need more more pieces around them. See, we say that every year. You guys say this every year as Jazz fans. Oh wait, if we just had one more piece. Oh, if we just we had one more piece. Oh, if we had this guy, we would definitely enough. You want like I mean, it's every year it's the same exact thing. It's oh, if we had one more piece to it. You can only have so many pieces to a basketball team. Well, Ryan Smith has also been pretty vocal, and Dwayne Wade's on his side about this, that they do not they do not view the Utah Jazz franchise as a small market team. And they are trying to do things that are on the level of major market stuff. And they I applaud them for having that mentality. But at the end of the day, it is about what happens outside of the arena. In the property that surrounds the that the arena is located on, you know, are the the options and opportunities might be a little bit more limited in Salt Lake than for stuff outside of basketball that other places can offer that Utah doesn't. But that Salt Lake City Metro is changing and has changed a lot in the last twenty years, especially two six zero three. Uh, what's the word on Gobert and Mitchell coming back? And it's not the size of the market, but how you use the market. Uh, Gobert is, is he coming back? So he didn't make the trip uh, to, on this latest road trip. With this calf strain, depends on what grade it is, and I haven't heard. I haven't heard a word It could be anywhere either. from a week to six weeks. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, Mitchell will not be. Actually, Mitchell did make the trip. There's a possibility of him playing on yeah, Saturday he's night. He's been he's been upgraded to questionable. Where the last uh, week and a half or so, he's just been out. But he was upgraded to questionable. Uh, and then he continues. The fact is, 29 teams say that every year when they don't win the ship, we are one piece away. Is this player or we are one piece if of this player away? Yeah. And again, I every team says it. Every team says that They're one piece away. Well. Except the Hornets, who are about 12 pieces away. And the Kings, the Rockets. Who, the Rockets. And the Kings, who are about, well, the whole the entire Magic. organization. Yeah, the Magic just quit playing basketball. Uh, five six five four Mitchell Gobert for Brown and Tatum. Give me Mitchell for Tatum straight up, and I'm happy. Yeah, like Boston's not going to go for that. 
they they wouldn't take Donovan Mitchell over Jason Tatum. No. You are devaluing. I think, I think Tatum Mitchell. is a more versatile player. And you play multiple positions, defend multiple guys, and go inside out. He just is he's bigger. Zero three six six. AJ, what are you smoking, bro? Do you believe what you're saying, or you just want to argue? No, I'm dead serious. I am absolutely, positively dead serious in what I'm saying. Donovan Mitchell is becoming a distraction for the Utah Jazz, see, and I, he is tearing apart a locker room. I don't see. I don't believe that. You don't want to believe that, which is okay. That's fine. Something's but going that on with that true. locker room. I will admit that. They're not as connected. They don't seem to be all on the same page. But to put that all on Mitchell, I don't know. I don't know. 9315, did they say that about the Suns when they got Chris Paul? No, Chris Paul's a different entity. Like I, Again, you talk about Damian Lillard being an outlier. I, I think the same thing goes with Chris Paul. Like Wherever the guy goes, he wins. And you know what? I mean, nobody really likes Chris Paul outside of Phoenix. Right now? Right. Here's the guy in the twilight of his career. But, but he's he is still playing play- out of his balling. mind. Yeah, he's balling. A three six zero. A few years ago when the Jazz played the Warriors in the playoffs, the Warrior players were joking about what they would do in between games, and Joe Ingles offered to pay for a car to drive them to Vegas for the night. SLC is unfortunately a small market. And that is true. In fact, that's when the whole nightlife thing came up. It was Andre Iguodala who came out to the yeah. media and said there was nothing to do at night. They ended up going to like an escape room or something. Yeah. Which is fun. I've done that oh, lots those are of awesome. times. Those are fun. There's plenty of fun things to do in Salt Lake. 2603. What about swinging for ooh, Buddy Hilder and Barnes for players? How about Clarkson and Butler for Paul? I would trade for Paul. Jordan Clarkson you, and Jared Butler for Chris Paul, though. Ooh. You can't have Chris Paul and Mike Connolly on the same roster. Well, you get rid of him. Uh, 799. Well, when I say him, Connolly. 7994. For Eric's point, one, fans vote for the NBA All-Stars. Two, the NBA wants major markets in the finals for ratings. And three, fewer players on a team in the NBA leads to more individual attention and one-on-one play. You need a full team on football and baseball, many players. That's uh, true. With, with basketball, one individual player can vastly swing the fate of your, your franchise. I would agree. And so that's why in the NBA, there is a lot of focus and attention on the individual more so than on the team. Because in baseball and, and football, yeah, you got big rosters. Yeah. But uh, hmm. that's both both kind of the, the, the cool thing about the NBA, but also part of its downfall. And so being in a fan votes, we need to get into this uh, fan vote for the All-Star. Let's do it. We also got our just pick Just revealed six. this hour. We'll get our pick six as well. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press at 106.9 The Fan. This is your Mountain West Basketball Update with Matt Neverett. Saturday night featured four games total around the Mountain West and included the second win of the week for Boise State. Following Thursday's 62-59 win over Utah State, their weekend decision featured the 12th win in a row for the Broncos. It was over San Diego State by a score of 42-37. Leon Rice's squad hasn't lost since November 30th. Shaver behind a Degenhardt screen, 10 to shoot. Shaver, step back, three, got it! 
That's Bob Beeler on Learfield. Saturday began with an all-Colorado matchup at the Air Force Academy. After the Falcons defeated UNLV at home on Thursday, Colorado State improved to 15-1 on the year with a 73-53 win over Air Force thanks to Isaiah Stevens' game-high 18 points and David Roddy's 14.9 rebound performance. Brian Roth had the call on Learfield. Four court, Roddy down the lane. Dunk! Watch out! UNLV won their 11th game of the year with a 70-62 home victory over San Jose State and yet another 30-point scoring output from Bryce Hamilton, who became the first Rebel with back-to-back 30-plus -back point games since 2002. Graham E.K. led the high-scoring offense in a 93-91 win for Wyoming over New Mexico in a game that featured eight double-digit scores and a combined four 20-point scores. With the victory, the Cowboys moved to 15-2 on the year and remained perfect in conference play, second only to Boise State atop the Mountain West standings. And on Friday in Reno, the Nevada Wolfpack outlasted Fresno State as preseason conference player of the year Grant Sherfield paced all Nevada scores with 17 points, including three of seven from beyond the arc. John Ramey called this one on Learfield to close out the first half. Floater off the backboard, no. Rebound with four seconds. Cambridge in midcourt, two seconds. Sherfield ahead of the horn. Oh, baby. And that's your Mountain West basketball update. I'm Matt Neverin. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. This is Jay with Daryl's Appliance. What happens when an appliance breaks down and the cost of the repair is more than the appliance value? You're stuck with a service call charge at most places, not at Daryl's. With our exclusive Under One Roof loyalty program, we discount the service call diagnostic charge when you decide to buy new from us instead of the repair. That's the Daryl's difference because service always comes first. Daryl's West on Airport Road, open until 6 p.m. on weekdays at 5 on Saturday. Cold weather is here. Let the gold medal winner in the best of Northern Utah's fireplace category help you update your home with Heat & Glow's full line of gas or wood-burning products. Building a new home? Let the professionals at Advanced Fireplace & Stove design and install your fireplace. From traditional to modern, Heat & Glow has something for every design and every budget. Install a product that will allow your family to make memories for years to come. Stop by at their showroom or visit them at advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Cash Valley Bank's newest branch is now open in Preston. I'm Lance Zollinger, and I'm excited to announce Cash Valley Bank is now open inside Stokes Marketplace. If you're an existing customer, you'll love the convenience. If you're not a customer, we'd love to have you open a new account with us, or even talk with us about a loan for your farmer business. Cash Valley Bank, a community bank where decisions are still made locally, now open in Preston. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Wouldn't that be juicy? Oh, would I would that help the roster? I would take that in a heartbeat. Give me that all day, and I you don't even need to give me cash consideration or picks. Hassan Whiteside for Montrez Harrell. I take it. it? In a heartbeat. That I, would be awesome. In a heartbeat, I'd take it. Uh, so the NBA All-Star starters were announced today. Reminder, this is uh, 
voted on by fans. So, so take that with a there giant is grain stupidity of salt. everywhere when we do this stuff. Some of these make sense. Great. Yeah, sure. I get it. Others not so much. What? Okay, for the West, Steph Curry, John Morant, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Andrew Wiggins? It's horrible. Andrew Wiggins? He's averaging 18 points a game. Yeah, and do you feel like if you get the Warrior fans right now on Twitter, they're like, well, yeah, of course he'd be starting. Why wouldn't he be? It's, I, yeah, don't. I don't even want to get into this right now. Where's Devin Booker? Yeah, I know. That's the second year in a row he's been screwed over. How is Devin Booker not a starter? Yep. The best team in the NBA. I know. I know. (sighs) Okay, for the East, it's DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Great. See, and that's okay with me. Yep. Kevin Durant will be the captain for the East, and LeBron will be the captain for the West. 18 straight All-Star starting lineups for LeBron James. That's impressive. But uh, Andrew Kobe Bryant. Yeah, I know. I know, Eric. Uh, two three zero five says the Sacramento Kings have trouble signing jet free agents, just like the Jazz. Yeah, Sacramento's a mess, and they have that beautiful well, brand new arena, and they just can't figure got, the crap out in the organization. They got a lot of problems. Yeah, you do for a lot of reasons. Nine three one five. There's a lot to do in Utah, like skiing, snowmobiling, but the NBA teams won't allow some of it. Yeah, they're not entirely big fans of skiing during the middle of the season for good reasons. Yeah, risk injury risk is too high. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for those who don't normally know what they're doing. Yes, absolutely. Although I I understand Mike Connolly's kids love to snowboard. Really? Mhm. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. All right. Well, good for them. Uh Eric, uh we uh we got to wrap it up here pretty soon here, but do we have a uh pick 6 to get to? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. Pick six here coming up on the full. Oh, I was going to play the beat, but I can't find it right now. And we're running out of time. Yeah, we got to be quick, actually. Eric. You won last time, so your choice. I'm going to defer. Okay, so my three first. Go ahead. Okay, who scores more on Saturday? Bean or Sherfield? The Aggies face the Wolfpack. Sherfield. In Nevada. Uh, I'm going to go with Bean. Okay, uh, Conley assists. When the Jazz are at Memphis on Friday night, uh, I'm going to give him eight and a half over or under. Under. I'm going to take the over. And then Joe Burrow passing yards when the Bengals face the Chiefs, three hundred and five and a half, three hundred five and a half. Under. I'm going to take the over. Hey, Cincinnati or uh, Joe Burrow or Jimmy Garoppolo? Who has more passing yards? Burrow or Jimmy G? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go Burrow. I'll take Burrow. Who allows less points? San Francisco's defense or KC's defense? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say San Francisco. I'm going to say KC. And then turnovers forced by, or sorry, who forces more turnovers, San Francisco or the Rams on Sunday afternoon? Forces more turnovers? Yep, San Francisco or the Rams. 
Ooh, boy, that's good. Um, I'm I'm gonna go with the Rams. I'm gonna go with San Francisco. Okay, and a tiebreaker. Oh man. All right, who's gonna be in the Super Bowl? Uh, okay. So uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with Rams Chiefs. I'm going to go with San Francisco and Chiefs. Okay. Just like that. Are you going to invite me over for a Super Bowl party? I've been asking you if I if you could come over or if you I want to come over there, and you'll never invite me over, I'm and moving. I've invited you several times, and you say you're busy. You have boxes everywhere. You told me. I texted you last messy. week. I texted you last week. Hey, do you want to come over and watch the AFC or NFC uh, Divisional round with me? Uh, I'm mowing my lawn. You texted me that you were mowing your lawn, Eric. It's important to keep it you know, tidy. You texted me during the middle of a snowstorm that you were mowing your lawn. Then I was like, hey, how's your lawn mowing coming? Oh, I just ended up shoveling snow and then sat down on my couch. It's crap like that, Eric. It just absolutely upsets me. Does Donovan Mitchell make the all-star team? No. Does Rudy Gobert make the all-star team? No. Rudy Gobert is absolutely an all-star. Donovan... I think he's fringe. All right. Let's say goodnight, everybody. Full court press. Good night, everybody. Okay. Wait. We still on. got like 10 more I seconds. I looked at the wrong That's clock. That's a long good night. I'm sorry. I looked at the good wrong portion of the clock. Good night. <laughs> I don't know how I looked at that.